Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, and remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. I have to tell you something, people. Uh, we have a great show today. I'm very excited about my guest. It's funny, if you're my age, which is, you know, I'm 53, but if you're in the demographic of 45 and up, this group has been a part of the soundtrack of our life that Chris is involved with. And it's funny, when I put on Facebook who my guest was going to be this week, people were going crazy. I even got a phone call from my friend Joey Callahan, whoever call, who never never calls me, and he calls and he said his wife Donna Callahan is a huge fan and she's all excited. She's never listened to my show and she will now. And uh, my guest is uh, Chris Stifford. How you doing, Chris? I'm very good. Nice to speak to you. It's good to speak to you. Now, I want to ask you a question. I want to talk about your career, but I want to ask you a question. I was, I was going through Amazon Music and I had the Amazon Music app app on my phone, and I found an album you guys recorded back in 2010 called Spot the Difference, and people, if you're not familiar, they squeeze goes back and record some of their greatest hits. It's such a great idea. How did that idea come up? Because it fascinates me. Um, well, the idea was to just to regain some of the copyrights of those songs that have sadly gone forever. Um, so that when people come to us for film music or TV commercials, they can use the versions that we've recorded. That was the original uh, idea behind it. Now, how was your fans' reaction to it? Did people spot the differences? Did you get any tweets or anything or emails that people said, hey, you know, we noticed this? Not really. It had a very low-key um, release. And... Um, some people have spotted things, but you know, overall, it was kind of uh, um, it was kind of it came and went very quickly as a record. It wasn't meant to do anything other than that, actually. So, you've been in this business for a long time. As a kid, were you always into music, or when did you start getting into music and decide that you wanted to pursue it as a career? Um, well, very young, actually. Um, you know, nineteen seventies early 1970s, just, um, you know, the days when you'd queue up to buy the latest records in a record shop, and, you know, that was the way of listening to music in those days, of course, Spotify and YouTube are the way that young people listen to music these days, and um, it's not, it doesn't have quite the same embrace, really, for me, as listening to vinyl. Now, who were some of the bands you listened to as a kid? Well, it's quite a mixture, really. I mean, from the Allman Brothers to Donovan, I guess. Um, you know, I particularly liked American music because it was, it was new and um, it was coming from a completely different musical place. Um, but I still uh, endorsed and loved people, bands like The Who and The Beatles. You know, they were naturally people that I would lean to. Now, when did you decide that you were going to play music? How did you get involved in starting a band and getting playing? Um, well, just at school, I think, which is where most people get bored of schoolwork and then they pick up an instrument, learn to play it, and join a band. Um, and here we are 45 years later. And so, you know, I think it's, you know, no one wants to really sit through a math test or an a geography test. Lots of young boys of my age just wanted to do something completely different, and that's what I did. So, how did you end up starting? Was it Squeeze when you went to the record store? I heard a story about you 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 borrowed money from your mother or something like that. 
Yeah, I'd put an ad in a shop though for a guitarist to join a band, and Glenn Tilbrook was the only person to answer that advert. And um, there you go. We sort of spent the rest of our lives together. Now, when did you start to write lyrics? Because you're, you're known as such a wonderful lyricist. When did you start writing lyrics to songs? At a very young age, or did you always know that you had a little talent in it and it just you expanded on that through your career? Um, you know, very young, actually. I mean, I quite enjoyed writing poetry. I didn't know what I was writing. It was just fun. Um, and again, it was just something other than just doing normal schoolwork. For, for me, it was an escape to be able to sit and write nonsense with a pencil rather than do algebra. Now, when did you decide, well, first of all, how did you get the name Squeeze with the band? How did that name come up? It's a pretty boring answer, really, but it's true. It just came out of a hat. <laughs> it could have been many other things, but it just came out of a hat. So you guys put a bunch of names in the hat, and you decided, we'll just pull one out, and if it sticks, we'll use it? Yeah, we committed to it. So what was your early, what was the early days like in the band? What was the English music scene, and how were you accepted when you were starting out as a new group? Um, I think a lot, of, a lot of people who saw us were a bit quizzical because our songs were quite fast and very short. Um, but in a, in a, within a year, you know, we found a manager and got a record deal, and everybody else was then doing songs that were fast and short. So we were we were then sort of part of a new wave that was uh, coming across to America. Then we learned a lot coming across there and doing small clubs and that's where we cut our teeth I, I guess now what were how was your how were some of your early gigs in America did, did America get you in the beginning or what was that like coming over because American music was a lot different then and it was a new a new era of sound mm. coming over I don't know what people I don't think they were quite ready um, for you know anything other than Bartman Turner Overdrive or ZZ Top so when we came along, it was a bit of a shock to most people, but it soon, it soon sort of bedded in, and we, you know, after 60 or 70 tours, we managed to get a pretty good following, I would say. Well, it's funny. I remember uh, back in the day, your, your video, enough for another nail in the heart, there was a video, I grew up in New Jersey, and we had a local cable station, and they had like 20 videos, and yours was one of the videos, and it was always surprised me, because they picked like 20 videos, and yours was one of them and all of us heard the music and we started to love it was that your first video you pretty much made or how was your relationship with videos making him through your career um something not really found that enjoyable i suppose i don't think anybody does but it's when mtv came along it was your calling card you had to have one so we had as much fun as we possibly could doing the videos and um we did them in a short space of time so we didn't you know, we didn't over-elaborate, you know, we didn't have uh, tons of money to do the videos, so we just cut the cloth accordingly, really. Um, but, I, you know, I'm quite fond of them when I look back, I suppose. Now, how did you decide that you would write the most of the lyrics and Glenn would write the music? How does that, as songwriters, how do you decide that and how do you get the trust in each other to make that relationship blossom? was an unsaid it was kind of like a natural thing i don't think there was any questions it's just like we i'm going to do this and you're going to do do that and i was better at one thing and he was better at another so that's you know i can't imagine elton john writing lyrics 
so you know it's kind of you you you, you do what you what the strongest I hope. Now, where do you find it to write your lyrics? Like like a song like Tempted. Where do you where do you find that? What are they all based on life situations for you, or is it at a moment that something pops to you? What was your writing process, and what is it now? It's always been the same, really. I sit at my desk and and the lyrics come to me. I don't go to them. I they come to me. You know, I can't. If I'm looking for something, it's normally all the all the all the wrong reasons. You know, not life to let lyrics come to me. That's how it happens. Now, how did you come up with Tempted? Um, well, I was sitting in a taxi and it came to me. So I wrote it down on a cigarette box and. Or at least the first verse, and uh, then when I got home, I wrote the other two verses, and bingo, I had a song. Now, as you're started, as the band's catching on and starting to get bigger in America, how does it change for an artist? What, what, you know, when you know that you're not, you're going to a place that there's going to be a lot of people to see you. How does that change as a, does the band get tighter because you're performing in bigger audiences, or is were you always tight as a band from the beginning? I don't think we were always tight, not even today. Um, you know, every band falls in and out of punctuality with music. We've had our highs and we've had some pretty steep lows too, but generally speaking, I think we're a very tight band. We certainly were on the last tour that we did in America. Now, you, you broke up in 82 and then you got back together again. Uh, in 85, I believe, what was the cause of the breakup? Was it just something that you just guys wanted to go separate ways, or, or how does that, what happened with that? I think every now and again a band gets to a point where you run out of steam, or you, you just need to take a break from one another, and I think it's very healthy to do that, so um, we, were, we were tired, and we just needed a break, and I think 1992 was a good example of us going in different directions. Now, what you know, I know you went into managing too. How did you end up getting managing? I believe you managed Brian Ferry. How did how does that happen? I mean, you're you're a songwriter, you're a performer. What would make you want to get into management? I love it. I mean, um, if somebody rings me up and asks me to do it. I'll have a look at it. I enjoy working on the other side of the curtain. You know, there's um, I prefer being the Wizard of Oz than Garland. What, now, what are some of your de- what were some of your details when you are a manager? Like, what's it? What are you doing for for the artist you're manager for? You're facilitating other people's imaginations and needs um, to an extent. Um, you're just trying to be an inspiration and then to them. That's all I think. Now. What do you think was for you? What was your favorite? One of your favorite songs you've written and that you still love to play live to this day? Um, well, it changes every time somebody asks me this, but um, Hourglass, big hit in America, and I always love playing it. It's got a fantastic groove, it's, it's not lyrically particularly strong, but it's a great groove. Now, you recently came out with a book, and it's getting wonderful reviews. People, the book's called Some Fantastic Place, My Life In and Out of Squeeze. What made you want to write a book, and, and how, what was the whole process of how you started to get all your material together? Um, well, it was quite simple. I was sitting in a tour bus, and I was bored, and I started writing the, a book, and um, three years later, it was done, and 
I wanted to do it because I'd had a rough ride in my life with um, one thing or another, and I wanted to write about that in the book. It's not particularly a book about Squeeze or, or anybody's relationship. It's about my relationship with myself and what it was like to be in a band and um, how, there, how I witnessed the ups and downs, really, I guess. Now, what are some of the ups when you're in the band, and what are some of the downs? Well, the ups are obvious. You know, playing at the Beacon Theatre in New York is a wonderful place to play, or Madison Square Garden, or the Albert Hall in London. They're all great. So the downsides are sort of lying in your bed, you know, um, trying hard to get up and trying to focus on your day when, you're, when your mind is taking over. You know, it's difficult to control the mind sometimes. Now, with your ups and downs, was there any times that you were just, you know, really just went through some bad depression? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, you know, I've been there, been down in the pit, but I'm in a good place now. I'm very pleased with the book, and it's had great reviews, say, and um, it, I found it a very inspiring uh, process. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really pleased. I'm very happy. Now, as you write it, what are what are just a few of uh, see if you can tell me like uh, one of your stories that you find very humorous and very, very sort of that you really enjoyed writing. What was what was something of like that in the book? I, I enjoyed it all really. I mean, writing about my parents was was wonderful to be close to them again. Um, to show respect to Glenn for everything that he's given me over the years was important to write um, and to give a bit of love to myself too. So, I mean, the whole arc of the story is, you know, I'm proud of and thank you very much for bringing it, bringing it up. Now, you're going to go on a tour, a solo tour. Now, are you going to do something where when you go on the tour, are you going to, you're going to talk about the book in between the yeah. set or what's that going to, what, what, what's your plan for that? Because I think it's, you know, especially in the States right now, you know, Springsteen is so big with his show yeah. on Broadway and I actually had someone put on my Facebook yeah. page that said Squeeze should have a show on Broadway but uh, that's no lie but what but what, do you, what do people expect when they get to go see you to promoting the book and um, doing well, the show I, 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 I'm going to read some of the book but I'm going to play some songs that are related to the book and then I have a Q&A so it's kind of people, I want people to be on stage with me sort of uh, largely speaking so that they can be part of the show, and um, you know, I want it to be a conversation. And um, I'm looking forward to coming to America to do that in May. You're coming in May? Is that what you said? Yeah. See, yeah. I think people, I think people are into that now. You know, it's so funny. You go, we go to concerts, but after a while, you sit yeah. there and see something different. And because you guys have such a good reputation, and now, yeah. now, when you tour, I know that you toured with uh, with Glenn. How was that different than Squeeze when you guys would tour together? Well, it just wasn't a drummer. <laughs> uh, it was quieter. It was quieter. It was different. It was fun. You know, it was different. But uh, doing my own show is going to be different again. So I'm looking forward to coming to America and May. The dates will be on my website. and People can come to the shows and we can chat about stuff. Now, you've written for other people. Who are some of the people you really enjoyed writing for, and how did they find, did they just know you, and did they contact you, or did you say, I want to write for this person? How did that happen? People, Norman, um, you know, you just, 
have to get up in the morning and hope and pray that things are going to turn out okay and luck has it and somebody will call you. So, you know, I've written with lots of different people and I'm open to writing with lots of different people. So, you know, I don't go searching for it in the same way that I don't go searching for words. I wait for the moment to come. <laughs> and the moment comes when the moment comes. And I'm going to have to run in a minute, unfortunately, because uh, I've got to go on a school run. But, um, um, but, but yeah, so I just wanted to say that. Okay, well, you know, you have to run. That's cool. I just want, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me. And No, it's been great. Thank you. And the, bo <clears throat> the book is called um, Some Fantastic Place, My Life in and Out of Squeeze. And your website is chrisdifford.com. And I want to thank you, and you have a great yeah. day, Chris. That's very kind of you. Get a glass of water now. I will. Thank you. Have a good one. Okay, bye.